everybody, and welcome to another EM Over Easy podcast recording from uh, Denver, Colorado at ACOP 17. I am joined with three awesome people today, and we're going to go around the table because they're all new voices for our EM Over Easy listeners, and we'll start with Angela and go around. Hi, I'm Angela Keen. I'm a third year at ARIA Health. I am also the ACOEP RSO vice president for the next hour, um, and excited to be here and do my first podcast. And I'm Nasir Sharistani, intern over at Doctors Hospital, and uh, excited to join you guys. I'm Anna Calentari, also known as AK. I am the associate PD at Aria Jefferson Health in Philly, and uh, I'm super excited to be here. And all three of the people here with me today, I've met in different areas. I met Angela first at an ACOP conference way back when, when she was an itty-bitty medical student. At was it, it was Denver, actually, yeah, yeah, five years five ago, years ten ago. And then Nasir was, did research with me last year, yep. um, was the Persian man I had to have, and so we convinced <laughs> him to stay at Doctors Hospital. Stole and then him. met, met uh, Anna at the teaching course last year in mm-hmm. New York City. Um, we became quick friends as we both tweeted a lot while we were there. <laughs> yeah, she, but you, you blew me away, man. I tweet a lot. Yeah, they, they, they kind of they counted the numbers, and he was in the oh. thousands, and everyone else had you know, I have like a, a couple problem. hundred. I have a problem. It's, he made me join Twitter. <laughs> that's right. I did. I got. Well, I got come to my phone talk, and you'll see the benefits that's of that right. it's later su- today. Super beneficial. So we're here at ACOAP, and um, everybody's at different stages of their career, uh, intern, later resident, associate program director. I kind of wanted to get a little bit of the flavor about how you guys chose emergency medicine because this is kind of an ongoing topic you know we do a very weird thing um, whenever I talk to my neighbors they're like oh that I mentioned I'm a physician and then they all seem to think that I have an office somewhere that I'm a family doctor and then I kind of explain that I work in an emergency department and they've been to one so they kind of get the idea of what that means but then when we start talking about patients which I can without violating HIPAA they all give these really weird looks like what we do is disgusting and awful and literally question why I would want to do that so why did you guys choose to do emergency medicine I mean we've got different stages here around the table yeah. I want to go around. um this is Angela uh, so for me it was actually going to ACOEP. I joined every club when I was in med school because I didn't do any sort of involvement in undergrad. And I became the vice president of a student chapter. And then I came here and I remember staying, standing in line behind one of the attendings at the, the welcome reception. And we had a conversation about our worst poop story experiences in the hospital. <laughs> I knew there would be a poop story. Yeah, and I'm not and even going to tell the story, but it I'll, was, I'll have one. It was <laughs> at that moment that I was like, well, I know these are my people because <laughs> I can have a poop conversation. And then um, I ended up rotating, and, and I think it was really the ACOEP that got me involved. And then in the ED, it's just... I, I, I can never imagine myself being an expert in one thing and spending all my time in one thing. And you have to know so many different things and you come back with the most awesome stories that you get to share. And uh, I think it's my little single serving friends. I like them in the emergency department. Nice. So. Single serving friends. That's a, yeah. that's going to be a hashtag. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nasir? So for me, I would say I agree with all that. Um, but also innovation is one word that I like to use as far as what my interests have always been. Um, Emergency medicine is very innovative to me. And having an engineering background and working a little bit with technology, I saw it sort of falling in alignment with that. People are always talking about new things. People are always exchanging ideas. We're always going back to a drawing board saying, okay, now what do we want to do? What are these new trials? What are we doing here? Um, Do we want to try this? Do we want to try that? 
and ideas are constantly exchanged as opposed to saying this is one way where we're doing things, which I feel like is what I see more in other aspects of medicine. But in EM, everybody's ideas are coming to the table constantly, and you're being pushed to do more research, you're being pushed to come up with more ideas, and that to me is just a lot of fun, man. So I don't have anything romantic like that. I don't have a poop story or an innovation story. Well, you, you have a poop story. It's just it's I not, mean, everybody yeah. has a poop story. But um, for me, it was more, I really liked neuro in med school. Okay. And I was convinced I was going to be a neurologist. And I had actually already gone through the San Francisco match, like put my application out yeah. and everything. And then I ended up rotating in emergency medicine in September. So real late. late really late. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my God. Gosh, I love this. I, I distinctly remember. So I played rugby. Okay. Um, I played in college, yeah. and I played uh, like a little bit for the city of Pittsburgh and stuff like that. And so I was doing my emergency medicine rotation at Allegheny General Hospital in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and all of my teammates were at the Irish Festival, and they were texting me. Like, my phone was blowing up, and every once in a while I would kind of take a look at it, and they were texting me how... They were having so much fun at the Irish Fest, and I was on my probably 40th or 50th suture of this guy who put his whole arm through a glass door, and I thought, I'm okay with this. Like, I'm okay that they're doing that. I have no fear of missing out. I think that this is really awesome. And in that eight weeks at Allegheny General, it was amazing the things that I saw. I went through heartbreak with some families. I went through the greatest joy on some of these amazing resuscitations. I got to see people who were off their rocker crazy. And I really enjoyed all of it. The other aspects of it is, like I said, I played team sports. I really loved kind of the whole interaction of how it all worked. You really can't stand alone in your emergency department. And I loved that. It was kind of taking the cooperation that I was used to on the rugby pitch now into this all hands on deck kind of situation. And I just loved it, just thrived off of it. And I said, that's it. I have to do this. That's an awesome story. That's way better yeah. than a poop story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that poop story is bad. Way cooler you than my nerdy no story. Idea. <laughs> there are some good poop stories out there. So now that you're in emergency medicine, what would a piece of advice be to somebody that's in it or somebody that's thinking about it, about is it worth it? I guess, because that's always the question I get whenever I talk to people about what I do, family members, friends, acquaintances, people at church, is what we do worth it? My, my answer is yes, and I've got a reason for it, but what, what, what would your answer be to that question? Um, I would say yes, and I think the moments that make it worth it for me are the realization that you're the first person that when they have something very bad happen in their life and they're sick and need someone to comfort them or to help them you are the first person and I've had like experiences where I've actually seen those people and like you know putting a chest tube in an 83 year old woman is a terrible terrible thing to do and but when you like I ended up seeing her come back and seeing that she was doing great and like I made them comfortable. I educated her. I educated her family. And they listened, and the outcome's great. And I think that, you know, we have to realize that that we're not just funneling people. Like, we are an important, integral part, and we can make their experiences way better and, and really improve uh, people's life. And I think that those those moments, even the little ones where you can even just educate someone it's super rewarding, and I think like I, that, that's probably the biggest thing for me, and that brings me back every time I have a bad shift. Yeah. 
So for me, I mean, it's still pretty early on. Um, it's Rough hard. six months so far. Yeah. <laughs> we've, got some, we've got some crappy attendance. For <laughs> myself and others, I bet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so far I would say it's it's been great. Um, I do really feel like we are put right in the front lines, like you're saying, especially even as an intern, as opposed to other services where I've rotated on. When I'm in the emergency department, I'm really getting the patient, I'm seeing them, I'm addressing their needs, I'm getting them out the door, and I'm essentially doing it under the advice of my attending and other residents, but they're my patient, mm -hmm. and I'm learning how to be their physician from a very, very early point. Um, that, to me, is something that I would not be able to experience in other fields of medicine. Um, we really get involved with our community, and I love that. I think I'm getting to know our community way better because I'm in the emergency department, and that, to me, was really important. So. Yeah. For me, it's completely worth it for a myriad of reasons. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I know you guys are still puppies. I don't know how long you've this been is out. Your, your two. I'm this working is your on your two. two. Yeah. So I've been out for almost eight years now. Mm -hmm. And, um, which is a puppy compared to some, some people, of, some, yeah. of, some of a lot of our other colleagues. But for me, it's, it's been so worth it. And for so many different reasons, one of the big reasons is the people, you know, you have the opportunity to make a difference in at least one person's life that day. And I think that's a privilege that a lot of people don't get to have. I, you know, we're smart. We're smart, we're savvy. We have been gifted with some pretty great qualities that allow us to be able to work in an emergency department and be a clinician. So I love that aspect of it. I also love the aspect of the personal growth that I've experienced while working in the emergency department. I've seen some really horrible things that tend to let you think, you know, no matter how bad your day is, it's probably not that bad. And it gives me a whole new perspective of how to view my life. But what we do is also really hard. And, you know, I, a lot of people who have followed me uh, on social media know that I went through a pretty bad yeah. episode of burnout last yeah. year. And so the amount of growth that I've made in the last year just from that would not have been possible uh, if I wasn't an emergency physician. And the other aspect of loving what I do is I get to teach these guys. Yeah. You know, when they come in as medical students, when they come in as residents, and not only do I get to teach them medicine, but I get to teach them about life, um, decision-making, interactions with different people. I get to share a lot of the mistakes that I've made in the last almost eight years because I've made a myriad of them on every front. And I think having that opportunity is such a privilege that it absolutely makes it 100% worth it. Yeah, when I started people asking me this question, I didn't answer them to start. Um, and then I went back and I kind of, I have a couple folders of like, my personal statement for residency, and I found my personal statement for med school, and I found that I didn't mention emergency medicine in there, but I found overtones of wanting to be an emergency physician, wanting to help people regardless of their ability to pay any time of day. And it was just that this really doing emergency medicine is exactly what I interviewed for when I went to med school, was just to take care of people. Um, and I think that's a blessing that although a lot of people you know see us as maybe gratified triage doctors or mm -hmm. any number of nicknames that you could give us, we really are the only people to do that. 
that take care of people any time of day, regardless of their ability to pay. So for me, it's the, it's the reinvigoration that one, we can make a difference in somebody's life. Um, and now working at a residency program, teaching by far is what makes my life yeah, amazing. It's great, right? When you can it's find great. that one thing that an intern didn't do, maybe it's more than one when it's worth this year. Um, or even for the senior resident, finding the one thing yeah. that they need to remember to do with that patient, a little nuance in care, or even just the social aspect of breaking bad news and experiencing emotions with your residents and with your patients makes emergency medicine awesome. So to get on a little bit of a lighter topic, if you could work anywhere, if you could one change one thing about emergency medicine, what would it be? One thing you could change. Because we just talked about how awesome it is. But um, I, Wow. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot. I mean, not... You can say pass and think about it. Uh, pass. <laughs> I want to word it in, in a good way. <laughs> this is all editable. Yeah. yeah. So... I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, my opinion is, again, not that valid at this point. So we'll start very slow. <laughs> We're gonna, this is going to be a retrospective chart review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love those. Um, I love efficient environments. And if it's one thing that I could keep changing, I guess, in emergency medicine is to keep making it more efficient. I think I get frustrated at certain points when I see things being very slow and I see things sort of taking a long time and not everybody being on board in a team. Um, I think emergency medicine needs that efficiency at all times. It needs to function as a unit. We need to have good flow. And I think that we need to work more on team development with our staff a little more with our residents and attendings a little bit just to get things moving along a little better, even though we're the people that thrive the most in that in all aspects of medicine. But I just want to keep improving on that. Awesome. So the one thing I would change, and I don't know if it is solely in emergency medicine, but maybe just in medicine in general, is the culture of vulnerability. For whatever reason, we are very much grit and bear it. Mm -hmm. We are just be a soldier and power through it. And I think that is not a healthy model. And I find it very ironic that all of us are involved in healthcare and the betterment of humanity. But if one of us needs help, oh, it's directly you, shot you know, down. You're, yeah. you're, you're weak, you're vulnerable. You get you your act together. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, you have... You know, you have gastroenteritis and you can't come into work with, you know, IV Zofran dripping with I, with an IV in and seeing patients. And and I tend to think that that seems to be glorified as, oh, wow, look, that's that's a badass doctor. Oh, wait, can I say that? That's like, fine. Okay. <laughs> You're allowed to have 11 cuss words in the right, okay. before I mean, I got to get on it. There's no F-bombs. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, people look at that as, wow, look at them. They're amazing. When really I'm just thinking, that's ridiculous. Go home. Like, none of us want what you have. You are compromised. You're not going to provide the best patient care in that state. And for us to glorify that and think that that's amazing just shows how flawed our thinking is and how our culture for our own wellness is really compromised and needs a lot of work. And that is, I think, where I would make the biggest change if I could yeah. just to kind of get it going. Because I think those of us who kind of talk about it get deemed to be soft, mm -hmm. which I never thought in a million years anybody would ever think that about me. <laughs> At it's all, not a, it's not a rugby player trait. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not really anybody who's ever known me trait. Yeah. Like at all, I'm like yeah. intense, it, pretty much from every aspect that I. She's deliver. very intense. First time I met Anna, I was like, "Whoa, you were intense." 
Uh, in a good way, though. The in a great way. first time I met her was the interview, and she called me out because she thought I cheated and asked, knew the questions first uh, that she asked. She goes, that was quick answer. Did you did you know the question before we in a joking in? way? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think to speak to your point, one thing I would change is I don't feel that we have a an open space to talk about our weaknesses. No. Yeah, I agree. You know, if you know you, you take care of pediatric code and it hits you hard. You know, we've all had that one patient that like, yeah. we, we, I mean, I've still got a couple that I still carry in my backpack every day when I go to work and I, there's not a safe space to talk about that. Yeah. You know, cause you talk to your colleagues and they're like, Oh, just go grab a beer, get over it. And it's like, well, I don't drink. So what am I supposed to do? Yeah, or push yeah. it you know, down. Or push it down. I'm like, push it no, down. that doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole yeah. debrief process is really needs a lot of work. A lot and, of work. And, and it needs to be more than just a 10 minute process, right. more than exactly. a checkbox. It needs to be kind of a culture of. Of really improvement and self awareness. Like going towards that direction at Aria um, and started a wellness committee. And one of the goals, and, and that was the biggest thing that I had trouble with in starting residency. I'm like, everybody looks so confident. How are people not freaking out about doing all this stuff or seeing these patients or forgetting to ask the question or ordering Tylenol or do you know all this stuff? And and then you talk to one person who's willing to open up to you and you realize that everybody has these fears, but no one will admit it. And if everybody would admit it, we could support each other and grow together. And so one of the things that we're doing is hoping to, to get people involved is having quarterly debriefings, a mm-hmm. uh, fun time with the residents in an open space where every, everybody can talk about how they nearly, what, what do you say about the sphincter? Like your joke when you get really nervous. Oh, when you tighten up your sphincter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, yeah. the sphincter tightening experiences yeah. and when things don't go well. And, you know, you talk about the pediatric code. Immediately a, a case came into so mind. All of us probably have a case. That still bothers mind, yeah. me now. And it was like crazy. And like, but, but we like, I totally agree. We need to create that environment that is not expecting us to bat a thousand and, and expect with support and emotional support and like in terms of my thoughts it's it's not even just for us but for the patients too and i i envy all the programs and hospitals that have social work in their ed Mm -hmm. and because those are the patients that burn us out the most because we can't do anything we don't have the resources at nighttime and like in philly philly just doesn't have the resources as a city and like if we had someone there to help us and so we could actually take care of the medical stuff which we're trained to do and not the social things I think that would make medicine way more pleasant to deal with especially in in urban areas where you have a lot of those challenging patients and then and that would end up being physician wellness just by taking care of the patients (laughs) like and not being a a psychiatrist when you didn't sign up for that residency um that would be great well you didn't sign up for a lot of things (laughs) they're they're all going to come your way a lot of things OBGYN thought I wasn't going to be doing that do that all the time we got the worst 15 minutes of seriously we (laughs) (laughs) We got the best of everybody's 15 minutes but OBGYN so to finish on a light note we typically ask our guests two questions so I want you to think about these as you go on so one if you could have any breakfast food what would it be? We typically recorded a diner. And the second one, who is your favorite superhero? And a little explanation why. So just to refresh everybody, I'm a big breakfast burrito guy. I've always been it. It's a great delivery package. It wraps everything into one area. Um, it doesn't, you know, get all over you. And then my superhero is Thor. My co-hosts think it's because he's, you know, a god of thunder. But to me, it's he's, I don't know, he's all, he's, he can fly everywhere he's powerful he's also i have to admit i'm a little brash and cocky at times so it kind of fits my persona uh, but mine's thor so we can it doesn't have to be in any specific order so if you want to go breakfast food and your superhero 
uh, huevos rancheros. It is my dynamite breakfast. Go to pretty much every place, and I it's actually kind of bad because I don't branch out because of it. Um, and then. For some reason, the first one that came to my mind was Iron Man, because he's really sarcastic, but very smart, and he gets things accomplished kind of without rules, which is kind of like emergency medicine, too. Uh, we try to go by the rules, but if someone tells us no, we might still do it anyway. So, uh, but I, yeah, that's probably... Iron Man. Yeah. Gotta respect Tony Stark lovers. I know. Yeah. Nice. Well, I would say uh, my favorite breakfast food is definitely egg sandwiches. I just love those, especially with some cream cheese and arugula on there. What, what kind of egg? Is it over easy? Is it boiled? Is it poached? Is it's it? over easy for okay. sure, always. I mean, you should never have eggs. Really? <laughs> you like the runny white? I can't do the runny no. white. It's so good. Over medium. Over medium. Yeah. Over medium. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> <And> subpar, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> and then who's your superhero? My superhero, it, this is not a popular response, especially these days. I mean, when I was growing up, Superman was awesome, and I still love Superman, and I've always loved Superman, even though people say he's too powerful, but I think that's awesome. <laughs> and he's humble, and he, you know, everybody loves him. He shows up. People are cheering him on. And he has an he alter can, ego where he, he basically is like... Ego. Not not employable. Exactly. He's got like a part time job. Exactly. Exactly. And you don't know if he's gonna he flip all of a benefits. sudden. Yeah. I mean, if you if you watch some of those old Superman movies with Christopher Reeve, yeah. I mean I mean he was getting wasted and yeah. people were scared of him. I think that's a badass personality to have yeah. that you just cannot predict what he's gonna do, but he's just all powerful. Nice Superman. Anna? So I, I don't like breakfast foods um that's a that's a that's a bad opinion but, but you can have it well, i'm just saying I'm, I'm not if if i had my choice if someone's like what is the one thing that if i provided you right now for breakfast you would totally gobble it down mm-hmm. it would be drago's char-grilled oysters uh in new orleans okay like i would eat that for any meal and i would include that for breakfast okay drago's oysters yeah they're amazing all right nice uh, I, i'm not uh funded I'll by say, them are, is that or, a disclosure we no, have to I, d- I have no <laughs> financial connections you have spent a lot of money there i, I have spent exorbitant amounts of money there and then your um, superhero my superhero <laughs> i'm like this is so messed up. So my superhero <laughs> is the Wolverine. Oh, no. Nice. Yeah, but my youngest kid's first name is Logan. Okay, nice. <laughs> there are worse names Wait, to have. Was that a reasoning? Yes. Oh, that is that That's is how awesome. that I like the name Logan, and that is how I convinced my husband <laughs> to name our kid. Like the older one is Lucas, mm-hmm. and I thought Logan was going to be a girl, and he wasn't. So we need another boy name. <laughs> And I and Matt was like a little bit hesitant about the name, and I was like, Matt, that's Wolverine's name. But um, he's like, Ooh, Wolverine. You know, I think the reason there's he, a Halloween costume coming up. I can tell. Eventually, you're gonna get one for him where he can be Wolverine, right? Well, probably. I mean, this year we were all the Incredibles. Okay. So nice. that was. I posted that picture on social media, that's not cute. Twitter though, but Facebook. But um, the reason for it, he's very, very passionate, right? He he loves very, very deeply. He very much wants to fight for the right thing, but doesn't always go about it in the most productive and politically correct way of doing it. And I feel like we share a lot of similar characteristics <laughs> in that regard. Angela is, is AK a Wolverine in the department sometimes. Uh, yeah, and a Logan. And a Logan. Okay. And a Logan. She's, she's good. Both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. All right. I think you, ha- you, you have to be a Wolverine. You can't. You can't just be a Logan in the emergency department. That's probably true. My clouds have probably come out a couple times. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for hopping on the show. We appreciate it. For those of you that are listening, don't forget to follow us on our social media pages, on Twitter, on Facebook, and uh, subscribe to us on SoundCloud and on the iTunes store. Until next time, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.